Welcome back to the End Times Countdown. I'm your host, Pastor Matt Nichols. Thanks for joining me again today. This podcast today that we're going to be talking about is probably one of the most relevant podcasts that I probably have ever done in the last year or so that we've been doing these. And it has to do with the Oral Roberts prophecy that we've covered in the last few podcasts This one's going to go hand in hand with those, and it's a prophecy by a man named Kenneth E. Hagen that is one of my spiritual mentors in the faith. To just give a little bit of background of Brother Hagen, he's actually from Texas and was saved from a deathbed of a terrible, debilitating disease where he wasn't expected to live past, I think, the age of 14, 15, 16, somewhere around there, and it was a heart condition, and the Lord... (laughs) supernaturally healed him on the bed of sickness, rose him up, and he lived on for another, golly, 70-plus years. He was 80-something years old when he passed away in the early 2000s. And this man had an amazing supernatural ministry. It wasn't just a ministry. Kenneth Hagin had a lot of encounters with the Lord Jesus over the span of his life and over the span of his ministry. And this is just one of many prophetic utterances that he was given from the Lord throughout these years. But this is probably the most relevant prophetic utterance prophecy that I can read on this podcast and then really talk about, really look into this. Because this does have to do with the world, but this also has just as much to do with the church and where the church is supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing as believers And so this prophecy was given in 1963, which is amazing. And again, so you remember Oral Roberts that we just dealt with, his prophecies, the wake-up call, and we talked about that a lot of prophetic utterances are just put under, and really, if you will, put away, because we think that they don't really have any more further use, or, you know, maybe they've already come to pass by, by what we've seen or what we know. And that there's really, you know, no way that these can be of further use or further relevance, right? Because they're 100 years old, because they're 50 years old, because they're 20 years old, so on and so forth. Just like the wake-up call with Oral Roberts, (laughs) we thought terrorism was finished. But lo and behold, 20 years after, 20 years later, here we are. And now we can see a perfect storm set up for terrorism to revive Not just in the Middle East, but also where we are in America. We're going to see something similar to that within this prophecy in America. Something that we thought wasn't going to come to pass, especially in 1963. I'll be honest with you, it amazes me how this prophecy in 1963 really related to events and things that were happening in the 60s and in the 70s and again in the 80s. And as we get into it, you'll see what I mean. But that was 40 years ago, and yet (laughs) a lot that thought this prophecy had taken place and was fulfilled even in the 80s would be alarmed and surprised to see what's happening right now and how relevant this prophecy is to today. So let's get right into this. And here is the prophecy, and I'm going to read it in two parts. So this is going to be at least a two or three parter here. I want to read, first of all, this very first part because it has to do with what's happening in our nation and what's happening across the world and what's happening. It's a culmination of a lot of different prophecies coming 
to pass all at once. So this is what we're seeing, folks. This is what we're seeing is a mass of these prophetic utterances that I have uh, put on all of these podcasts individually that now we're starting to see corporately starting to come to pass. It's amazing. Within Afghanistan, I believe I saw probably four prophetic utterances through the ages, through the decades, all come to pass or begin within that very happening in Afghanistan. Absolutely amazing. So let's get right into this here. Brother Hagen, 1963, and here's what he said. Yea, the hand of the Lord was upon me. The Spirit of God moved upon me. The voice of God spoke unto me, and he said, Come up, come up hither, son of man. And I went, as it were, up into the air, and stood with him, the head of the church, even the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. And as I looked down upon the ground, I could see a map laid out before me. The entire nation, all of the states of the continental United States. And he said, Behold, son, I shall show you what shall come to pass, and that which the eyes of many shall see, and they shall remember that their ears heard that it should come to pass. For there came a dark hand from out of the ocean of the east, even the Atlantic Ocean. So this is the New York area. This is the eastern seaboard. It came up out of the sea as a hand as a hand, looked like a hand, and it rose up into the air and became a dark cloud, and it filled the whole atmosphere, and yea, it swept in. Now, does this remind you of the A.A. Allen prophecy? Does this remind you of what we just heard from Oral Roberts, that here this thing hung in the air, and it didn't touch the ground, and it happened right over New York, and then it dispersed across across the earth, across the, the, the other nations. Alarmingly the same, a dark hand from out of the ocean, from the east, even the Atlantic Ocean, which would be right where New York is. It came up out of the sea as a hand, and it rose up into the air and became a dark cloud. It didn't touch the ground, and it filled the whole atmosphere, and yea, it swept in. And I said, O Lord, O Lord, O Lord, what's the meaning of this? And he spake unto me, and he said, Son, that is the darkness of atheistic communism, and it's sweeping across the nation, even in the minds of men in high places and politicians with great power. And this nation will not grow more strong, and you will never have more liberty than you have now, but liberty that you've known as you've seen shall be seized and shall be taken from you. And I looked again, and I could see upon the mountain a blot, as though a bottle of ink had been spilled, and it spread out over several states in the south and the east. And then I looked, and I could see spots splotched all over the map. And I said, Lord, what meaneth this? And he said, communistic-inspired hatred. So these were the splots. These were the, the blots, like ink blots. Communistic-inspired hatred among races shall cause greater turmoil than your nation has seen before. Now, I have to stop here because all of these things that he's talking about were all happening at the, at the time period that Brother Hagin was giving this prophetic utterance. There were race wars. There were civil rights activists 
and movements that were going on. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And then you had the Black Panthers and you had all of this racial tension. And honestly, when I read this prophecy, I've had this for many years. When I read this, I actually really struggled with this prophecy because I look back on history and I said, wow, well, these things have already taken place. So it turned into one of those things where I knew it was still a prophetic utterance. So I took it and I put it over here and I just laid it over here and I, and I kept it, right? I didn't just bury it, but I kept it and waited for this thing to start seeing evidence of these things coming to pass. This is what we're supposed to do with prophetic utterances. We're not supposed to just bury them and say, oh, well, that's done or, 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 oh, well, that didn't come to pass because we didn't see it within just a few years, maybe even 10 years. With well, this one, this 1963. Greater turmoil than your nation has seen before. Racial riots. Racial turmoil. Yea, it's not the will of God, but men's hearts are perverse. They walk without the love of God and seek to have their own way. And so it shall be worse than you have ever seen. And I said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, is there a remedy? Is there a remedy? What shall the answer be? And he said, evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceived, deceived, and being deceived. Evil men and seducers will get worse and worse and worse, and they will deceive and they will be deceived. So it's a reciprocation. It's a continual circle, a progress of deceived and being deceived. I'm deceiving and being deceived. So the more you perpetuate something, the more it's going to return to you and it's going to keep this cycle going. So the more like this, so the more truth that you get on a matter, the more truth you're going to spread. And because of the truth that you spread, more truth will come to you. So the more truth that you'll have, and then the more truth that you'll spread. But this is exactly the same way. Evil men and seducers, they're deceiving and then being deceived because that's what they're giving out. That's what they're releasing is deception. So that's what comes back to them is greater deception. And this vicious cycle will keep going until a, a whole populace is deceived. And I said, oh, Lord, do we have nothing to look forward to in the future except the darkness, the blackness, war, destruction, evil? Then he said, son of man, forget not your text, for you look at the things not seen. So this is the first half of this prophetic utterance. Pretty intense. And I want to go ahead and note right here. All of this, all of this prophetic utterance that I just read, all of this are things that we see. So in the natural, in the physical, with my eyes, and, and things that we feel with our soul, with our, our mind, our will, our emotions, our emotions get attached to these things when we see these things happening. Whether we're for these things or, or, or complicitly against these things because we, don't, we see destruction in it, we see evil in it. But I want to come back to this and look. <laughs> and reveal again to you guys that, that all of these things were happening in 1963. Communism was happening in 1963. You still had the USSR under communist control. You had several other nations under communist control. This was before the Vietnam War. So communist control was, was, was widespread. 
I don't think that maybe a lot of us younger realize that communism was a huge deal at the turn of the century. It was a big deal. It was all over the European and Asian nations. We were the only nation that was democratic, really a republic, rather than a democratic nation. We were a republic nation where the people was in control rather than the politicians and the system and the government. We were the only ones doing that. Since then, we've spread that. We've spread this democratic form of government to several nations all over the world that have had some form of success with it. And so we don't really see a lot of communist regimes. And even though many nations today are communist in nature, we don't know the worse of it, if I can say it that way. We don't really hear about the worse of it. We buy all of our products and things from China, but we don't really know what it's like to be Chinese nationals living in China, away from the media, away from governmental propaganda, away from things like that. We don't know what it's like to be living in a communist world, a communist nation where you really do not have rights, you don't have choices, you don't have decisions. And so I'd like to look at this, this part where we're talking about what we're seeing, not necessarily what is. <laughs> this is the most powerful part of this prophecy is what we're seeing versus the reality of what's happening. So I'm gonna say this and I'll probably say this a few times. Everything that we see and experience in this natural world is birthed or worked in the spirit, constructed in the spirit first. So the things that we see in government aren't just some kind of, you know, happening just because this guy decided to do this or whatever. No, there are things in the spirit. There are spiritual beings. There are spiritual forces that are in action and in work influencing people to a degree that they, the people, manifest what the Spirit wants them to manifest. And it's all according to a plan and a strategy way before prophesied. <laughs> and here we are, yielding to either one kingdom or the other and causing those strategies to come to pass. So that's why we have an evil, seemingly, strategy coming to pass. But we also have an amazing supernatural godly strategy coming to pass and we're going to see that more and more as we go on into these very very end hours of this generation of people called the church age so knowing that let's deal with what we see first and then we're going to talk about what is pushing these things after that so first of all we should all probably be amazed to see what it is that this black cloud was that rose up out of the sea and filled the air, filled the, the atmosphere, and swept in. Interesting how the Lord said, it is the darkness of atheistic communism and that it's sweeping across the nation. I'm telling you, in 1963, atheistic communism was alive and well. That's when a lot of things were written. That's, um, that's actually when um, several of the authors that greatly influenced Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama and many others wrote out their essays and wrote out the plans how to overtake a free nation like America. And that's when, it, ironically, in January 10th, 1963, the Congressman Albert Herlong Jr., of Florida read a list of 45 communist goals 
into congressional record. And these I'm going to read these in a minute, but I think it amazing here in 1963, the Lord takes Brother Hagin up into a vision and shows him things that are about to come to pass. And at the same time, this congressman of Florida releases into congressional record 45 communistic goals to destroy the United States. Wow. So what's happening in the spirit we see happening and being warned to people here in our understanding in the natural. Kind of a double whammy, if you will. So atheistic communism. So let's look at this because he says, even the minds of men in high places and politicians with great power. So we know there's a, a several politicians that we have right now that are in the Senate, that are in the House, probably now in the White House. We don't really know. But we do know about Jerry Nadler, the Democrat from New York, who said this, and I quote, what any religious tradition describes as God's will is no concern of this Congress. So, you know, without, without our newfound friends, the fact checkers, you know, what he's saying is God's will is really no concern to the proceedings that we're working with here for whatever that was. I, I think it was something to do with um, diversity and inclusion and so forth. And then, of course, Governor Cuomo, during flattening the quote-unquote curve of this uh, pandemic we call COVID-19, he said this, God did not do that. Faith did not do that. Destiny did not do that. That's how it works. It's math. He said, I believe he went on to say, we're the ones that did that. Not God, not faith, not destiny. So we have already got some atheistic, communistic-inspired people in political power as leaders and leadership. Now, here's something that I believe is interesting. We've got to realize that these guys didn't just show up and just take office. <laughs> they were voted in, which means there's got to be a base. There's got to be way more of this spirit working in people that actually voted these people into that place of power and into office. So there's a greater calamity that's happening because it's actually working in people who voted for this type of representation into a political powerful office that passes laws, that, that governs states and cities. It's scary, honestly. And all of this is leading to government is God, right? Science is God. The system is God. So I, I want to touch atheism first. I'll be honest with you. And a lot of people may not like this. I don't know. But personally, I don't think there is such a thing as an atheist. And to help me explain that, help me to qualify that, the definition of an atheist is this, a person who denies or disbelieves the existence of a supreme being or beings. I'm going to be honest with you. The scriptures say that no man is exempt from not recognizing God, number one, you're alive, you're breathing, you're moving, you have intelligence, you have a conscience, you are able to make decisions in your own way and your own path. I mean, that right there in itself is supernatural. Number two, you've got all of nature, and this is what the scripture says, you've got all of nature here. You've got the skies, you've got the planets, you've got seed, time, harvest, you've got rain, 
You have seasons. You have animals. How on earth do these animals live and procreate and so forth? How does these things work? And the thing is, is, uh, you know, when men die, these things continue on. You have planets, you have a universe, and the more we learn in actual, real, genuine science, the more it just confirms the presence of, an, of a higher being, of a higher creator. Has to. They say the universe hasn't stopped expanding. It's still creating and still expanding. Well, there was one that said, let there be light. And there was one who created the universe out of all of the darkness, out of nothing, so first of all, the scripture says that no man is exempt. Every person knows, and they're hardwired within their spirit to know there is the existence of a higher being. What happened in this person's life? Well, number one, maybe they weren't raised as that at all, but just see how many religious or cultural things there are out there in the nations and in the tribes of the world that, that either are today or have been proves that every single person throughout the beginning of time knew that there was a higher being. I've never heard or known of a tribe anywhere upon the planet that has ever not had a deity or deities, a god or gods. I've never known of a completely unbelieving atheistic culture, which makes me believe and points to this idea here, that these people actually do know. They are hardwired to believe and to know, but at some point something has happened in their lives that has caused them to deny this God, to deny the existence of God. And this is how I see it. At some point, there's some point in these people's lives, either they have made some type of demand on this God and he didn't come through as far as their perception is, or they ran up against his boundaries, his standards of morality, of life, of how life is supposed to be done, the boundaries, the standards of his truth, and they didn't like it or it didn't allow for their type of behavior. It didn't allow for their type of thinking. And because of that, now somehow I've got to disprove him so that I can be my own God and do what I want to do and set up my own system of morality, my own system of excellence and thinking without him so that I can do what I want to do. That really, to me, folks, is an atheist. I've never really seen an atheist yet that, <laughs> that just says 100%. And believes it with all their heart. There is, there is zero. There's absolutely no God in this planet. Never seen it. And I don't think we ever will because people aren't wired that way. People are wired. We have a spirit. We have a soul. And we live inside of a body. So we, we are wired that way. We're wired from the factory of God, if you will, to believe in him. And we have the full capacity of faith to believe in what he says and to believe in the supernatural power that we are as spirit beings to manifest and cause things to come to pass of our own within this planet. Yeah, don't get me into that. <laughs> Let's stick with this. But that's why I say I don't believe there's such a thing as an atheist. I've known a lot of people that quote unquote were Christians and oh, well, they just don't believe anymore. They're atheists. That's absolutely not true. So I'd like to look at this whole idea of atheism because we need to see honestly what it is that, that this atheism thing is so we can recognize it when it's here. Uh, really, honestly, folks, it's too late. It's already here. 
and we just haven't recognized it. I want to read this article. And it's from this author, Justin Rimhoff. So Justin Rimhoff is assistant professor of philosophy at Old Dominion University under phenomenology and existentialism and philosophy of religion, ethics, historical philosophy. And this article is a peer-reviewed article called God is Dead, quote, unquote. And it is from, um, I don't know if I'm saying the guy's name right, um, Nietzsche, Nietzsche, Nietzsche. <laughs> and the death of God. So this is the German philosopher whom way back penned several, several atheistic communist books with the atheistic idea and looking at God as a formulation of man's mind and his heart just wanting to believe in something. And this is what the article says, that this guy perhaps is most famous for making the striking claim that God is dead. He writes, God is dead, God remains dead, and we have killed him. <laughs> but what he's saying here, what his claim is this, is that God is a fiction created by human beings, right? So and it just amazes me because, again, you know, where did human beings come from then? If God is a fiction created by human beings, then where on earth did we come from? How did we get this intelligence? You have to have more faith to believe that we came from primordial sludge and here we are now a bazillion years later, and somehow all of this came together like this. I mean, you know, I'm not here to, to really go into that type of detail. I just want to talk about what atheism is. It goes against what I call common sense. So he said this, it's a fiction created by human beings, thus God dies when there is no good reason to believe that God exists. So God's only a quote-unquote alive when you have a good reason to believe that God is quote-unquote alive. So we only use the God card, if you will, whenever it suits my agenda or my purpose. We're going to see this. We see this within our governmental system. They go completely against Scripture, completely against the morality that the Bible teaches. They go completely against, uh, you know, peace and, and loving God and loving your neighbor. They go completely against all of these things until, until... It suits their agenda and their purpose, and now all of a sudden, God is quote-unquote alive because they had a reason for him to be alive, and it was to help my personal agenda, help my, my personal strategy. So I'm going to read just a few things that he says in here, and I, I think it is so mind-boggling and eye-opening that we need to know that this is how these folks think. So here's what he says, for many... Belief in God provides strength to endure misery. Belief in God also provides hope that when our loved ones pass away, we can live with them again for eternity. Belief in God ensures that no loss is inconsolable, no injustice unrequited, and that we can finally have everlasting peace no matter the misery gone through to get there. But an atheist will believe, and I'm talking about a true atheist, of course, like I said, there really isn't one, but one that is completely as far over there as they can get, really mad at God, really pushed away, really have their own identity and their own strategy and their own idea of life. They think that God is a psychological fabrication created to soothe distress, ease trauma, provide companionship in the face of suffering. What does that mean? That means that he is pretty much a fairy tale and you only pull the God card really to just soothe or ease or help somebody, just kind of give them some type of false hope to get them through this terrible 
place of suffering. This guy and all atheist communism says it this way. We don't need to believe in God to address these challenges. Here's atheism, communistic atheism in a nutshell. So remember this, folks. Rather than try to escape suffering by embracing some otherworldly entity, Nietzsche thinks we should utilize suffering to better ourselves. So the discipline of suffering, of great suffering, do you not know that only this discipline has created all enhancement of, of man so far? In other words, so, okay, so just like Governor Cuomo quoted, you hear this doctrine within that statement. Listen to him again. The discipline of suffering, of great suffering. Do you not know that only this discipline has created all enhancement of man so far? In other words, we embrace this. We get through this ourselves. We use the science that we create. We flattened the curve. God didn't do that. Faith didn't do that. Destiny didn't do that. We did that. It's math, and it's how it works. Listen to what he said. This is the only discipline that has created all enhancements or all progress of man so far. Struggling and great struggling, great suffering without God. We do it. We get over it. And because of that, we achieve greatness. And as I'm running out of time on this podcast, I want to make sure and put this quote in at the same time. Mr. Rimhoff also says, Interestingly, Nietzsche holds that many modern atheists continue to believe in God. Uh-oh. Though they don't recognize it. This deed, which is the death of God, is still more remote to them than the remotest stars. In other words, they still don't get it. They still haven't achieved unto complete atheism and yet they have done it to themselves. Atheists often fail to understand the true extent of atheism. How could this be? The answer is this. Atheists continue to embrace traditional moral principles. Now, get listen to what I'm saying here. Listen to what this guy is saying, and listen to what this Nietzsche is saying. The answer is, atheists continue to embrace traditional moral, moral principles. For example, that we should respect people or reduce suffering. And these principles imply that all people are morally equal. Man, there is such a huge statement right there. So this is what we're looking at with atheistic, communistic type people, not just in the population of the planet, but in places of political power. This is what they're saying. If you're a true atheist... You will not embrace traditional moral principles. You will make up moral principles as you go. For instance, we should not respect people or reduce suffering. We step on people to get where we need to go in order to achieve greatness and progress a greater strain of people who will be able to overcome sufferings and great sufferings and be a more powerful perfected people. And he says these principles imply that all people are morally equal. They do not believe in morally equal people. They don't believe in moral equality. (laughs) What does that mean? That means whatever you think is moral and just, that's what it is. And actually, that, so that is, is actually the mindset of a perfectly atheistic type society. But even within atheistic communism, that's not so. 
What they say is what's morally acceptable and just is what the government or what the system says is morally right and acceptable. They actually promote individuals to be self-affirmative, proud, prideful, and strong. That they should, if you will, nurture pride, the spirit of pride. And I think this is one last thing that I'm going to say about atheism in here is this, is there is such a thing as an atheist that denies the existence of God, that disbelieves the existence of God. It really gives an idea more along the lines that it's possible that it, he exists or it exists, but I just don't believe it. And then there is such that's called an anti-theist who believes that God actually stifles flourishing, as the man says, and that we should just we should just trash belief in God, focus on developing ourselves, our own values, setting our own goals and achieving our own personal excellence, because God literally is not real. He is a figment, and he's not only not real for me, he's not real for you. He's not real for this nation. He's not real for this city. He's not real for the world. He is not real, period, for anybody. And the agenda is this, is to wipe out anything and everything that goes against what I believe, which just happens to be the same exact mindset of communism. My goals, my agenda, my personal excellence, my own values, etc. And so I don't think that any of us here would be amazed to realize that this author was where Adolf Hitler got most of his ideology. So if there is no God, and there's no equality of men, and there is no special beautiful possession of God as humans and men, why then we can just completely exterminate a, a complete people, and who cares? They're stopping us from achieving personal excellence, governmental systematic excellence. And because there's no God, who cares? They're just going to go back to dirt. Therefore, we can justify the killing of millions and millions and millions of people. And not only that, we need to get rid of all religion. We've got to get rid of all. We've got to stamp it all out because it's actually preventing us from moving forward, progressing as a superior population of the planet. So <laughs> I know that this may turn into a, a political mess, <laughs> but we've got to look at what's happening here in our world with these vaccines, what's happening in our world with this COVID-19. All of this was a beautiful package laid down at the feet of people. And I know I'll be called a tin hat and be called this and that and whatever, a, a, a religious right wing crazy person or something. I don't know. But We've got to realize that this package that has been laid at our feet and has been un unleashed upon the world by political leaders, uh, it, it really is a package, an agenda that's releasing these ideals slowly into America and slowly into the rest of the world. Of course, the rest of the world is going to embrace it quicker than America will because the rest of the world just literally stepped out of communism maybe just a few decades ago. So they're still used to that idea. They're still used to that way of government, and that way of thinking. Oh, but America is not. And that's why there's such a force, such a push, such an influence, such a shaming to see specific agendas come to pass. 
Well, folks, we are completely out of time for this podcast, and I spent so much of it here talking about atheism, talking about what this looks like. We need to see what this looks like in order to recognize it as it's here and and to see it for what it is so that we're not deceived and being deceived, deceived and being deceived. I'm amazed at the amount of people that are all over social media and all over the place and how they're talking about we're a bunch of boneheads that won't take vaccines and how we don't love one another and how we don't care for each other and so on and so forth and how we are all now medical professionals and now how we're all medical doctors and we refuse science and so on and so forth. The thing is, is when you're deceived, you spread that deception. You're deceived, and so you go on deceiving others. And the more you deceive others, the more deception comes back to you, and you deceive others even greater. It just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. So we have got to be able to see this thing for face value, to see it for what it is, that we'll recognize it and know what to do with it which is going to be the end of this prophetic utterance that we're going to read from Brother Hagen uh, in the next couple episodes. What we're actually going to, how we're going to combat this, how we're going to go at this, and how we're going to live in this. How do we respond to this? <laughs> it's marvelous. It's really, really good. But for now, join me next time in this next podcast. We're going to come back here and we're going to talk about communism. We're going to talk about not just atheist, but atheistic communism as been addressed and given to us in this prophetic utterance. Because this was the black cloud. This was the thing that was contaminating over New York City and then spreading and dispersing across the world. And we're going to take a look at this and we're going to see exactly what communism really is and what it's going to look like in a democratic, free nation. How are you going to get this over onto free people? And we're going to take a look at that in this next podcast. So as we always say, be awake, y'all. Be aware and be ready. I'm telling you, it's all wrapping up. We'll see you next time.